Hello and welcome. This is the Bits vs. Byte podcast. I am your host, Amar Grigic, and today with me is uh, Ali Niknam. He's a founder from, for uh, Bunk, and uh, he's going to tell all about what they do. And uh, I would like to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's cool to be here. Yeah, it's cool to be here as well because uh, we're recording uh, at your office, <laughs> which true. is which is a little bit different for me. Uh, normally, I uh, I record at our office, but it it's nice to have a change of uh, of scenery. <laughs> so, uh, could you uh, tell me a little bit about your background and uh, how you started uh, Bunk? Actually, yeah, sure. So, uh, I'm a coder by heart and a coder by trade. I started um, coding when I was nine. Um, back then, uh, uh, I still had like this really old school computer with uh, cassette tapes in it. So <laughs> really? that's how old I am. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> um, that's not old. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and um, um, to the best of my knowledge, so I started uh, investing in stocks when I was twelve. I had my first business when I was sixteen. I founded TransIP when I was twenty-one, which is the biggest web uh, and domain name uh, registrar in the Netherlands. And of course, we also do cloud solutions like VPS. Uh, I heard you're a happy customer. Yeah, so happy nice customer for, for years. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And then uh, as things were going really well... Oh, by the way, I also built a data center or two. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah, before I forget. Um, and because things were going really well, I decided to take a step aside um, and give the guys at TransIP the room to flourish and to grow because uh, they are and were very talented. Um, and then suddenly I had all this time on my hands with which I had to do something. Um, and so I decided to write a book at first. Uh, in Dutch, it's called uh, Ondernemers hebben nooit geluk. I think it loosely translates to uh, entrepreneurs never catch a break. Yep. Um, and then as I was writing the book, the financial crisis and the doom and gloom started to happen and started to get worse. And I figured hey, why isn't nobody really addressing the issue? Why is nobody really fixing the underlying problems? And me being an entrepreneur, uh, I figured, okay, well, then it's up to me to fix it. And so it all started. Yeah, so that's also the reason. Uh, the reasoning behind Bunk is actually that you saw that uh, a lot of things are wrong with this kind of banking world or the banking sector, or there there are some things that could be solved, right? Yeah, I think the core, uh, in our view, the core of what's wrong in the banking sector, in the financial industry, is that it's so uniform. Everything is the same. Yeah. All banks are the same. All banking products are the same. Hmm. If you walk in a bank branch and you apply the stickers and the labels of another, you can tell the difference. Yeah, exactly. And so we figured... You know, when you look at nature, um, it doesn't matter how strong or weak the crop is. If the crop is uniform, mm. it's going to have a problem sooner or later. It's going to have a disease or it's going to be wiped out. And the way nature solves this is by having diversity. You have different crops that are all different in their strengths and weaknesses. Mm. And so when one uh, flourishes, the other uh, uh, grows less and vice versa. And so... Um, in our vision, in our view, the only way to really fix the financial in industry is to uh, introduce players that are different. Mm. And so, for a customer perspective, for an end user perspective, this is super important because yeah. suddenly um, you don't have just one choice. Suddenly there is a choice. There's this freedom of choice. And suddenly you can pick and choose something that really fits with you, that resonates with you, that mm. you like, that you love to use. Yeah. And I was uh, I was looking at it from an end user's perspective as well. Is that I 
I see it as a bank or uh, from a consumer point of view, it's a bank. Yeah. Uh, but I also see it as a kind of a technology company as well yeah. uh, because uh, you're doing things differently than uh, most uh, banks are doing. So c- could you elaborate on that a little bit? So w- how do you see it? Do you see it more as a bank or more as a technology company that is also a bank? At the, at the We're definitely point? a tech company. Yeah. We're te- definitely a tech company. We just happen to be in a financial industry right now. Yeah. But uh, the people that work here, my own background, I mean, your surrounding, I don't think there are any banks you know no it doesn't look like this this, (laughs) so um but for us we're trying to apply the same customer-centric approach the same uh you know make your life easy approach to banking yeah for instance uh i mean i think it's out of this world that with traditional banks you still need to visit branches that just costs you so much time and at bank you never have to because all you need is in your phone Mm. Uh, so you can do whatever you want whenever you want and with whomever you want by just using your phone and this has always been a really strong paradigm yeah uh, because you can open an account from your phone right that's that's the that's for me is a kind of a game changer uh, because opening a bank or uh, opening a bank account normally uh, involves you get, going to a branch, as you said. Yeah, um, and so, just costs time. Yeah, it yeah. costs time, and uh, and that's all. Uh, when I try to open a bank account as well, is that everything about it says, okay, I want to help you digitally, and I don't want you to come over. <laughs> you yeah. can't even come over. Yeah, that's that's the. But that's that's a little bit like you did with TransIP as well. When yep. you look at it, it 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 has that kind of. Uh, parallel to it uh, yeah would you agree yeah i definitely agree um because back when we started TransIP, which is ages ago yeah um you know to register a domain name which is an internet product mm. you needed to go and uh print a form <laughs> set a signature yeah. on it you remember yeah I remember. and then fax <laughs> it and i was like what <laughs> you you can't possibly be serious and so we started with TransIP with a very simple idea which is it's a digital product. You should be able to digitally uh, create it, create it, and maintain it. Yeah, and we're doing the same thing with banking. I mean, um, I believe seventy or eighty percent of the payments in the Netherlands are digital. Um, everybody uh, has a smartphone. I, it's just not of this time and age anymore to require you to do physical stuff. I mean. Uh, there are so many benefits in doing everything digital. It's faster, it's safer, mm. safer. It um, you can do a whole lot of stuff you couldn't do before. Just easier, saves you time. It's just great. Yeah, yeah. And I, w- I was wondering about uh, because you, uh, this seems like a real ordeal to get uh, to get done. Uh, I mean, everybody knows that the banking sector is really re- regulated and stuff like that. So, yeah. What What are some of the the kind of challenges you ha- faced when? trying to start actually uh, this whole uh, this whole company that you're started right now there are so many <laughs> there are so many what, what don't get the, me started yeah yeah it's but what what's what are kind of the 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 biggest things that uh, i think that for example getting a banking license is one uh, big challenge right yeah um it's it's slightly more doable t- today than it was when we did it yeah. because uh you have to know that you know back when we started um, it had been 35 years, 35 years since the last greenfield permit. Um, all it's the crazy, regulations yeah. and the processes, there was nobody around anymore that knew how this worked. <laughs> and all, you know, in those 35 years, there had been so many new uh, rules and regulations that had been added that there really wasn't a process for a greenfield banking permit. And 
uh, in cooperation with the Dutch regulator, we actually came up with a process that's being used today in the entirety of Europe. So we kind of invented crazy, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, and that was just the beginning. I mean, this was in a time where basically regulators were saying, okay, you know, it's it's a giant mess now. We're not going to allow any radical changes. We're not going to allow any new banks. And we pulled it off. So this was a huge thing. And I think ever since then, it's always been this, um, in Dutch, we call it Spanningsfeld. Yeah, know, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um, it's kind of, um, yeah, it, it's more tension. so the tension. There's yeah, a there's tension, yeah. tension between applying the latest, you know, technology and the most user-friendly, user-centric, time-saving approach on the one hand, and on the other hand, doing stuff that the regulator actually allows you to do, yeah. um, which always complicates things. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, and I'm thinking about it because looking at that, that sector, uh, everybody has a kind of a view of an old, dusty uh, sector that uh, yeah. hasn't come a, lo a long way from uh, where they were like 10 years ago or something yeah. like that. So I would love to have your opinion on that. H how do you look at it from a uh, perspective, now you've been in the banking sector for a while, yeah. how do you look at it right now? So do you think there's a lot going on or how do you look at it? Well, first of all, I can imagine where that you know, feeling uh, stems from. Yeah. I mean, I think it has a lot to do with all banks being the same, all traditional banks being the same. Yeah. Um, and end customers and end users rightly having the feeling that there's not much to choose from. I mean, it doesn't really matter whether you go with ABN, Amro, ING or Rabo. Yeah. It's not that they're good or bad. It's just that they're all the same. Yeah. Fees may differ between those, but... Uh, but only that's slightly. That's slight, only slightly. Slight I mean, you're yeah. uh, you're talking about a couple of euros a month. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I don't think that's yeah. really... No, that's essential. not a deal breaker in, no, in, in a sense. Precisely. So, you know, um, I think the biggest differentiation uh, today is that some of uh, the traditional banks are slightly more digital, like ING, and some of the traditional banks are slightly more locally present, like Rabobank. That, that, that's like the biggest difference you can see. Yeah. And so I think with the birth of Bank and with our launch, um, that was a huge game changer. Mm. I mean, suddenly you could choose for a bank that was really different in every fiber of its existence. Yeah. And I think what we've seen happen is that this brought on such a shock to the market because we were the first in 35 years yeah. that the other big banks suddenly woke up and were like, uh-oh, we, need, we, to need, do something. we <laughs> need to do something now. Yeah. And I think that um, if you look at innovation the five years before Bank and uh, five years since Bank, it's undoubtedly clear that many of the things that we introduced as the first in the whole world um, have sparked of inspiration to the more traditional banks mm. to try to copy it, sometimes successfully, sometimes unsuccessfully. And so yeah. I think, to answer your question briefly, uh, if you look at the traditional banks, they do change, they do innovate. Um, especially now that we're around. <laughs> they have to. <laughs> they have to. Yeah. Um, but they still are all the same. Yeah. Um, and so for people who like to experience something different, for people, for entrepreneurs, for instance, who like to s save time as much as possible, um, for people who are 
concerned about what happens with their money. For people who like to have the absolute best user experience that's possible, for those people, there's bank. Yeah. So why do you why do you think that um, those kind of old traditional banks uh, uh, struggle to to do what you do? Is that also partly because uh, you had a you had like a as you said, it's a greenfield product, so you started from scratch, right? That they they don't have the luxury to do that. Uh, well, actually, they could, but they don't do it. That's that's a strange thing. They could maybe create a new startup or something like that from there. Uh, so, uh, what uh, what do you why do you think that is? Why do you think that the kind of traditional banks still struggle to innovate uh, the the way they used to? Is that also because they have like old systems and stuff like that? Do you think that it, that's the case? Well. Honestly, I think the traditional banks are really good at what they do, which mm. is being a traditional bank. bank. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no other company out there that can be a better traditional bank than a traditional bank. Yeah. And um, I'm I'm not a person to say the traditional banks are evil. No. I mean, they're just. They're, they're just, just a bank. <laughs> they're just a bank. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you can't be everything, yeah. right? So I think sometimes. Uh, people uh, expect companies to change in ways they are just not built to do. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why Tesla was the first to come up with a viable electric car. There yeah. were so many car manufacturers out there, not just in Europe, also in Japan, in the US. I mean, globally, there was not one existing car manufacturer that came out with a viable electric car. Mm. Um, this is just an example because you see this happen over and over again. And I think it's just a natural process. I mean, you have a company that does something really well. It grows and grows and grows. It becomes the dominant player in that field, like the current existing traditional banks are. They're the best in what they do. And then times just change yeah. and new players emerge. And they someday, hopefully, they <laughs> become the new status quo yeah and I, I think that that's uh, that's uh, correct because what i'm seeing is uh, talking to people from uh, for example ing as well is that they are more and more getting into that uh, kind of mindset to create different departments or maybe even different startups that will create something like uh, bunk does as well uh, but they've missed the boat <laughs> they have <laughs> they have missed the boat they, they they've they had to do it earlier that's the kind of uh, idea well if you know if i'm Totally honest. I think, um, you know, if 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 I would have a traditional bank, if I would have a traditional car manufacturer, yeah. if I would have a traditional newspaper, I would just focus on being really good in what I do mm. because that's who you are. Yeah. If you are a vegan restaurant, and vegan goes out of fashion <laughs> for for whatever, whatever reason, reason. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't suddenly make you capable of. Uh, cooking a good steak you're still a vegan restaurant yeah times have changed but mm. that doesn't mean your skills have changed mm. yeah that's a good one i didn't think about it li like that but it is it is uh i i, I think it's really hard to even the the whole digital transition was already hard for a lot of banks because that, that's that's apparent i mean and creating something totally different yeah you need to you would need to start from scratch that's what you did yeah and uh, w what do you think kind of the next to of course being uh, you can innovate faster and stuff like that what are kind of the advantages to starting from scratch as well are, are there other ad advantages that you had uh, opposed to for example traditional banks 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're lightweight, right? Yeah. We can, we're much closer to our end users. How um, many, uh, uh, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. how many people do you have, like, for instance, in the office? Uh, uh, 80. 80, 80 zero, at the moment, yeah. yeah. Uh, re if you uh, said that uh, against a traditional bank, which yeah. has <laughs> thousands of, of yeah. people employed, that, that's really lightweight. Yeah, we're significantly more uh, efficient. We're yeah. quicker. Yeah. Uh, we're closer to our uh, users. Yeah. Um, I think we understand them better. Um, and so I think those are the advantages. Now, banking being a regulated industry, um, in a traditional, in a non-regulated industry, you already have, of course, uh, the difficulties of competing against big incumbents, right? They have just, they've already divided the market they mm. have a lot more profit they have a lot more everything basically and you're just small and lightweight yeah yeah exactly now in a regulated industry on top of that uh things are way more complicated because rules favor the incumbents they protect the incumbents mm. um so that makes it even more difficult to us so i guess um maybe as a pondering as a uh thinking exercise if people think, if your listeners think that something should really change in the financial industry, if people haven't forgotten the, f the financial crisis, if people are fed up with the service they're being provided, it is up to them. It is up to you to change it, to change it, mm. because you can choose with your wallet. Yep. Yeah, that's that's sick. Yeah, yeah, I I totally understand because that's that's the the way I look at it as well. Is that. Um, you, if you want to change something, you kind of need to, or need to start <laughs> something that you that's yep. going to change it because that's or be part of the change or, or be part of the change, right? Yeah. So, um, is is being a, a tech company or uh, because I think you look at it that way as well? Is that also uh, something that you look for when you exemplary, for example, hiring someone? So, do you look at it uh, from a perspective of? I want to have someone that's uh, that maybe doesn't have any experience in the banking sector, right? So you really want to look at the people that uh, that maybe don't have the experience in that sector because they give a fresh view on on something like that. Is that something that you also look at for when, for example, hiring? Well, when we hire people, we focus on the mindset. Yeah, exactly. And a couple of things are important for us. So we are competing against the big guys, right? And it's a very tough industry. Mm. So the people that work here need to have that tough mindset. So many of the people here uh, used to be like uh, top sporters uh, or, you know, uh, we have people that played the violin at a high level, played the piano at a high level, like all the persons that are used to performing steadily at a high level. So yeah. that's one part of the mindset that we look for when we hire. The other part what we look for when we hire is for people to have that tech mindset. Mm -hmm. They don't need to be in tech. They don't need to be a coder. I don't care whether they have been at a bank or not. As long as they have the tech mindset, mm -hmm. it's fine. And the tech mindset basically means that you look at things objectively. You look at things from a user's point of view. So, you know, customer centricity is baked in your heart. Yeah. Um, and you come up with solutions. Yeah. There's no politics. There's no, you know, uh, hey, I'm head of, I have this title, whatever. That's all irrelevant. 
So the people that have that um, excellence mindset, so to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. and combine that with the tech way of thinking, all of those are always welcome at Bunk. Yeah, that's 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 interesting because mo- mostly people, and that's wh- what you see usually is that they say, okay, we need a developer, for example. Uh, yeah, and uh, the the they really look at, okay, can he de- can he or she develop, and they don't look at, okay, can he or she go through that. For example, when you have a problem. Uh, it's not enough to be just a good developer, right? That's the that's you need the, to fix it. You need to be able to go through maybe a few stages of kind of uh, air quotes pain. Yes, <laughs> that's but that, any real developer knows what it feels yeah, like. Yeah, feeling lost and then having your eureka moment. Yeah, and then, yeah. You know, it's a thing. Actually, what, what hap- it happens in developers, but it happens in uh, infrastructure where I come from as well, is that uh, you're like okay you're so- trying to solve a problem for like hours yeah and you don't you you just don't get it you <laughs> ask everybody you know to to kind of help yeah and then the next day you wake up and you suddenly know what the problem is right yeah and that that's something that what uh, the solution is yeah or yeah. sorry yeah, yeah what the solution yeah. is but th- that that's something that i've noticed as well, as well as that's what i tell people as well is that you, I, I would say I want to hire for passion, right? So if yeah. some, someone has a passion for doing something, uh, they will probably succeed. Right? That's that's. I agree. In, in in most cases, that's the case. Uh, you will just say, okay, um, this this is for example my passion. I like developing or uh, whatever. Uh, and if you really love it, you will get it to the end product. And that's that's something that that I also believe in. So it's it's interesting to to hear you say that as well. Is that uh yeah it's it's just totally up to the person to get to the end product and it's a, it's a passion thing in my in my opinion so what what i also wanted to ask is that you've been growing a lot so you've started in uh, i don't know exactly which which year when did you start uh, bunk we started november 2012 yeah so but it's then about without uh, anything right? yeah so it yeah. took a couple of years to get a banking permit yeah uh Couple of years. That's how <laughs> and we you heard that correctly. In record speed. <laughs> yeah. Um, we launched in November 2015. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we are like three years. Now. Three years. Up. Yeah. And uh, you've grown uh, a lot, a lot. Uh, yeah. since since that. Um, People uh, recognize the bunk colors now. Yeah. Yeah, street, that's crazy. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that uh, that must be for you also interesting to see. Is yeah, that when I'm very proud. I'm yeah. very proud when that happens. <laughs> when you when you see people say, "Okay, yeah, you bunk," I know that one. I, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. Uh, but I w- what I was wondering about is that um, does that do you feel like there's a kind of a culture shift within uh, a company when, for example, you're growing uh, at the pace you're growing right now? So how do you see that? What what happens uh, when, for example, you've been for 20, 30 people and now you're at 80, right? Yeah. Uh, what what kind of changes do you see within a, in a culture then? Well, um, I think what what uh what happens at bunk at least is there there are two things going on mm-hmm. one is the culture is not a static thing no culture always changes and uh what i've noticed is that we have grown uh we have converged we have grown closer which is really interesting to see i wouldn't have that's crazy with that. with more people because yeah. usually the the kind of thing is that when there's more people it, the, the, the people kind you of grow, grow apart, apart. Yeah. yeah but with us so that's interesting and i think that has to do with um you know when we started we were 
uh, a couple of really hardcore developers. Then we had a really hardcore uh, um, legal people, really hardcore finance people. Um, and it wasn't a melting pot yet. And now it is. Because there is no other company where you have to be great in developing and legal and finance at the <laughs> same time. Yeah, yeah. So there aren't any people around that have the experience of being able to communicate. I mean, you know as well as I do, communicating with a developer is different than yeah. communicating with a legal guy. For sure. And so we, it took some years to figure that out. And I see us converging, and I'm very pleased to see that happen. Cool. Second of all... Um, when you start, it's mostly R it's like 90% R&D, 10% ops. Mm. Now operations are a thing, right? Yeah. We're growing. You've grown to support yeah. is a thing. Yeah. Um, the load on the systems is a thing. We actually, for the first time, need to start optimizing for the load on the systems because sometimes it's slightly too high. So that's yeah. fine. It's all maintainable. That, that happens. That just happens yeah. as you grow. And so... Um, it's really interesting to see how we can maintain our strong user-centric focus despite all this operational pressure. Mm. Yeah, and that's 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 the the hard part. I talked to uh, Picnic uh, a few podcasts ago, yeah. and they have the same problem. With right? yours? Uh, no, I've talked to um, Daniel Gabler, which is oh, the CTO. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but th they they also had that problem, right? They yeah. uh, scaled from zero to <laughs> to a, a lot, lot. <laughs> in in a very few years because they were also like two or three years going uh, at the, at the time. So yeah, uh, that, that's interesting to see. So uh, I would like to pick your brain a, a little bit about something else. Is that um, so? How do you look at, for example, technologies that have changed something some things in the financial sector as well, like blockchain and uh, the whole Bitcoin cryptocurrency market and stuff like that? I don't believe blockchain has changed. Yeah, yeah the, ch the, the blockchain has not changed, of course, but the the kind of rise of those kind of crypto coins and stuff like that. Uh, rise and fall. Yeah, the rise and fall. <laughs> people still believe there will be a rise again. But yeah. uh, but how, how do you look at that? Is, is that also something that has changed the kind of view of people, how they look at banks and stuff like that? Do, do you think there is kind of a, a change by by looking at it like that? that? Is, do you think that that happened? I think the essence what it proves yeah the rise of blockchain what it proves is that people are hungry for change mm. they're hungry for companies for technologies for products that are different from what's around yeah uh, in the case of crypto that's uh, for example because they worry about privacy um, but there are so many other things people are hungry for mm. i mean this is logical yeah. if you would go to a restaurant and it would have the best hamburger there is in the world but you had to eat there every day you and they like only <laughs> had that one hamburger yeah. you wouldn't like it yeah. and this is what's been going on in mm. the financial sector for a long time now and i think that as you have seen uh cryptos uh rise um you will see other technologies and companies rise as well now, specifically to crypto, there are some technical issues with cryptocurrencies yeah. that make them very difficult to maintain as a currency. Um, I I don't want to say I'm skeptical, but I haven't seen solutions 
for that for those problems yet yeah, yeah. And, and i think that's going to be essential if th- these things are going to stay for a longer yeah if you want to make it mainstream and yeah. uh, actually be have people pay with it or something yeah. because the idea uh, what you said what you're actually saying is that the idea behind it is good right yeah and, and also the, definitely the, and also the 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 fact that it changes something within that financial sector is also a good thing. It's also a good thing. But there is, of course, the the kind of non-regulation is a is a thing. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's not stable at all. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the the currency value itself is not stable, which is always very important for a currency. Yeah. I mean, you can see some countries in the world uh, where inflation is high; those currencies are unstable too, yeah. and that just has a devastating effect on the economy. Uh, secondly, the efficiency of uh, cryptocurrencies are really a problem. Yeah, um, it just takes so much energy. I mean, in this world where we need to be careful and conserve what we have, it just costs so much energy to do a simple transaction, and it's very slow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so those are just a couple of things, but that's okay, right? I mean, the very first airplane had its issues too. <laughs> the, the question is not whether there are issues or not. The questions are whether the issues are addressable. Yeah, and that's, uh, I mean, you had all the kind of issues as well when you started your company and you saw Yeah, like you we need to have a, a banking permit. And yeah, we need yeah. to have this and we need to have that. That's crazy yeah. to me that it, t- it, costed, it costed years when you when you say that. On the other hand, I kind of expected it to be years for some reason, but yeah. uh, it, it's it's crazy that that, that, that kind that's of... That's also one of the reasons why banks are so slow moving. I yeah. mean, regulation just makes everything dreadful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... What do you kind of uh, see in the future, right? Because that's also a hard, uh, hard, uh, uh, a hard question to answer. Is that what kind of what do you see kind of changing in that kind of banking world for the future? Because that's something that uh, a lot of people are are thinking about. You're you're already changing stuff, but yeah. What do you kind of see as the next step in that? Well, um, there are some scenarios that are possible, mm-hmm. but. Um, Predicting the future is, of course, always difficult. It's hard, yeah. In this case, it's near impossible because the future of banking greatly relies on politics and on laws and on regulation. If tomorrow uh, crypto, for instance, becomes regulated everywhere, then you cannot predict that. And that would obviously mean for a different future than if it would be forbidden everywhere. Yeah. Um, the future, maybe it's more interesting to talk about the future I would like to see. Yeah, sure, go ahead. The future I would like to see is a future where uh, the regulation is harmonized across Europe and preferably across the world because I think it's absolutely ridiculous that you can have a mobile phone contract in one country and the other and it's all the same and it all works uh, together but that that's not necessarily the case with our financial payment infrastructure. Mm. I would like regulation to be redefined. It's not about more or less regulation. It's about, look, we've been adding rules for 40 years. Some of these rules are plainly contradicting. You, it's like there are rules. If you, you either comply with the one and don't with the other, <laughs> or you comply with the other and comply with the one. Crazy. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible to maintain. So I would like rules to become more clear more actually executional. And then I would like them to not change for a couple of years so that companies such as Bank, but also newer companies know, hey, these are the r- rules of engagement. Let's go play. 
I compare it with soccer. Yeah, sure. Right? Yeah. Soccer has been 11 people against 11 people with two goal poles and a ball for a long time now. Yeah. And this has allowed the players to focus on different styles of play, different techniques, training. different training, different everything. Yeah. And this has made the game really exciting. Now, it would be in everyone's benefit, in society's benefit, if that would happen. Cost would go, uh, come down, efficiency would go up, happiness would go up, diversity in products would go up. So if you're a person that really likes privacy, you could actually get a product that serves that privacy. Yeah. If you're a person that really likes ease of use, you could get a product that addresses ease of use. And we would uh, get into uh, an atmosphere where everybody's generally more happy. Hmm. As a think, um, as a gedachte experiment, sorry, yeah. my English yeah, is a thinking experiment. Yeah. As a thinking experiment, yeah. you can make the same comparison of com communism versus capitalism. Yeah. If you go to Cuba, there is one brand of ketchup. There is one type of food in a restaurant. There's one type of beans. Why? Because it's heavily regulated, it's dogmatic, and there's very little freedom of experimentation. We know this. Ultimately, we're applying the same principles to banking. Mm. It's just as hard regulated. The consequences are the same. There's very little freedom. All the products are the same. People are unhappy because there is no freedom of choice. Yeah. So it boils down to me, but maybe I'm making it too big, between either choosing for a suppressing communistic approach or a liberal capitalist approach. Yeah, there is. There is. I mean, that's that's. <laughs> I think that's spot on. Actually, yeah. You, it, as you said, maybe it's a bit too hard of a uh, kind of comparison, but it is. Uh, it is like that, right? The, the, there is no choice. There in is my, no choice. Uh, the, well, uh, except for one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. I know. I know what choice you're taking. <laughs> so, uh, to kind of uh, to kind of wrap up, I, the the last question I always ask is, uh, what what are you most proud of? So what are you most proud of since you since you started this whole uh, adventure? Actually, I see it as an adventure, but it's a roller coaster ride, I, I presume. There are so <laughs> many things to be proud of. Yeah. There are so many things. The fact that we made it, that we're that's one, here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. That's insane. The fact that the other day I was paying with my card in a, in a bar, somebody recognized it. Hey, that's bunk. Yeah, you guys are doing a really great job. I have one too. I mean, that's I, I still get goosebumps. I it's get great. Yeah. Um, meeting a trans IP user. Yeah. You guys made it possible. Yeah. I'm using that, you know, those proceeds to make this possible. That's great. There's so many. I think when you're standing in my shoes, there's so much to be proud of. Yeah, and so much so to too. be grateful for. I so, think so too. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So uh, how can people find you? Because uh, um, is it on bunk.com? I think it is, right? Yeah, it's bunk.com. You can also get bunk in the App Store or in the Google Play Store. Sure. Just give it a try. The first month is for free. Uh, and just see how different it is and look if it is something that pleases you. Don't use it like you do a traditional bank. Use it it's the different. way it's intended. Yeah. Sure. Thank you. Thank you so much. And for the listeners, uh, you can find the Bits vs. Byte podcast on bitsvsbytes.com. Uh, also on all major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, all over the place. So uh, follow us on uh, social media as well. It's uh, Bits vs. Bytes on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, LinkedIn. And I thank you for listening and until next time. Thank you.